Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, what's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And what's up to you listening wherever you are tonight at WWL.com and the Radio.com app? Welcome into the show. I am so excited because at the bottom of this hour, 832, I have been trying and trying for weeks. It just hadn't happened because of our schedules to talk some football, talk some Saints with Amy Just of The Advocate and Anola.com and Times-Picayune. Yeah, she's coming in. Finally got her. Schedules never work out. Tonight they did. So Amy Just, Saints beat writer for The Advocate, comes in at 8.32 as we try to break down this roster as we are midway through the preseason. In fact, the first half hour of the show, that's what I want to discuss with you. It's going to be wide open phone lines for you, and I want to get into a discussion handicapping the roster battles at wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line, returner, those four are the most intriguing battles on the roster to me, especially the one at wide receiver. I, don't, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Mike Triplett yesterday when he was on the show, no real idea what's going to happen there, even with a guy like Emmanuel Butler. So we'll get into that. We are unveiling a new segment on our show that we're going to do every day in the 8 o'clock hour. I think Christian Garrick and I used to do this on double coverage. So a little shout out to him. I'm going to revive it every show. It's going to be our bonehead of the day, sports bonehead of the day. And if you've been paying attention to the NFL around the league, you might know who it is. Well, maybe a couple of prime candidates for this. And I talked about one yesterday. Another one made news today in the wrong way. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Scott Alexander comes in second hour, 9-10. We'll talk Saints LSU and the Pelicans and Helmet Gate has returned. Another update there. Plus, we go inside NFL training camp a couple of times. As that returns, we'll go to the AFC South, a really competitive division. If you ask me to name two divisions that I'm the most excited to watch this season, well, I, uh, probably three. It's going to be the AFC and NFC South and then the NFC North. I really don't know what's going to happen in any of those divisions, especially in the AFC South. If Andrew Luck is banged up like all the reports are, he still is. Joel Erickson was on the show yesterday, now covers the Colts up there for the Indy Star, formerly worked for the Times-Picayune, or actually the Advocate. He says, doesn't know the timeline for Andrew Luck's return. He might not be ready and fully healthy for week one. So that puts that division in play for everybody, although I'd probably handicap that in the Texans' favor. Texans, of course, will open up with the Saints on Monday Night Football here in the Dome. Hour three, incredible interview on Sports Talk they had with Steve Young. Talked about Taysom Hill. A lot of respect there from the Hall of Famer to Taysom Hill. We will play that for you in full. Absolutely outstanding job and outstanding interview. We want to get to you. So that's our show for you today. And again, the phone lines are wide open, and we want you to give us a call at 504-260-1870 because i got to have a conversation with you, and I want to know what you think about the roster battles at the positions that I talked about earlier, cornerback, receiver, offensive line, returner, those are the spots, especially when you get, obviously, down the depth chart a little bit, that we don't quite know what's going to happen. We'll start with the wide receiver spot. Before the game on Sunday, I think everybody would have had Emmanuel Butler as a, a lock to make this roster. 
Bobby Aber across the way is nodding his head, still in studio. Mike Triplett the same way. This what happened on Sunday, no catches, had the ball go through his hands, hit him in the face, Emmanuel Butler. That was his one moment, and it certainly wasn't a shining moment for him. That changed the equation here. Austin Carr, who most people thought was on the outside looking in, he had, yes, a one easy touchdown catch, but still, it was one flash play there and a touchdown catch for Austin Carr, who had been on this team the last couple of years, very familiar with the offense, very familiar with Drew Brees, very familiar with his other receivers. Then you have a guy like Simi Cobbs, who's impressed at camp and in practice, not necessarily in the games. What's going to happen with a guy like LJ Humphrey, little Jordan Humphrey? Kind of a breakout game, the first one against Minnesota, and then also had a catch on Sunday, but I don't think he stood out in any way. Although, if we're really being honest here, the passing game wasn't effective really for either quarterbacks, but especially in the first half for Teddy Bridgewater, right? So it's a little tough to judge the receivers in that game in that vacuum the four locks in my mind to make this roster unless an injury happens or in Keith Kirkwood's case an injury lingers you've got Michael Thomas Traquan Smith and Ted Ginn and also if he can get healthy if this doesn't linger the regular season Keith Kirkwood's a lock to make this roster he just is in his second year that leaves you one or two spots two spots at the receiver position and we haven't even talked about Cyril Grayson he hasn't been effective in the return game, obviously. He hasn't really gotten a shot. And that probably is going to limit his opportunities to make this roster with a guy like Harris really showing stuff in that special teams and return game the two times, uh, two games that they played so far. And Marcus Sherrill's also battling for that job. If you put me um, under the microscope here and ask me who do I think at that position is going to make the roster, the four that I talked about, I still think Emmanuel Butler makes this roster and Austin Carr is the guy I could go either way on. Right now, I would lean yes. I would lean yes on Austin Carr. That means a guy like Simi Cobbs is gone. A guy like Cyril Grayson is gone. And everybody else in that position group. Traven Doral showed a little bit, but let's be honest, Traven Doral's not going to make this roster unless they just get decimated by injury. I like Traven Doral. I told you last year, I really liked what he did on special teams last year before that injury. I think Trayvon Durrell could be on an NFL roster and have kind of a, a relatively long NFL career if he continues to improve in that part of his game. So those are the receivers right now that I'd have in on my roster. Emmanuel Butler is just too talented. And I think Austin Carr is just too valuable with the way that position has been banged up over the last couple of years. And I say valuable because of his familiarity with Drew Brees and vice versa. The biggest omission at wide receiver and the guy that I had on the roster when I did the pre-camp projections is little Jordan Humphrey. I don't think his few catches and that touchdown a couple of weeks ago is enough to put him on the final 53-man roster over a guy like Emmanuel Butler if he can get healthy and if he shows something the next two games. And that's why I'm projecting that he will. But that means LJ Humphrey out, Austin Carr in. I could see that going either way. But I just don't think, knowing how this coaching staff has talked and they like Emmanuel Butler, his size, his hands, regardless of that one really bad play in that game, compared to what we haven't seen from uh, L.J. Humphrey during this training camp. So those are the six that I think make the roster. What do you think? You let me know. 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870.
And our text line is 87870. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll. We're going to get into this a little bit later in the show. Right now, and I think we take this for granted sometimes. Living down here, we are kind of in the mecca of sports in this country. Great NFL team. Great college football team. Great college baseball team. A budding college basketball program under Will Wade. High school sports, and now even basketball, especially in the north part of the state, is... Uh, among the elite in the entire country. I mean, you go up and down the list, it's incredible. We're in the golden era of sports in Louisiana, I think anyways. But which decade is the golden era of Louisiana sports in your mind? And you can cast your vote on that. we got some options for you at WWL.com, also the Radio.com app. Interested to take a look at that. Give me a call. Love to chat some Saints roster projections with you. I just gave you my wide receiver projections. We'll talk return. We'll talk cornerback and secondary. Also a little offensive line when we come back. Just getting started tonight. Seth Dunlap with you. And this is the last lap on WWL. And a text from the 870-870. Why isn't the fullback ever discussed? Well, because he's going to be on the team. That's Zach Lyon. Very valuable in a a specialist type of way. Of course, that position has been devalued over the last really couple of decades in the NFL, but he's still very valuable um, on this team. I I just don't see any way, really, that Zach Lyon isn't on this roster, but who knows? We've been very surprised before. Perhaps if Sean Payton thinks that, for example, the wide receivers we were talking about in segment one, if he wants to keep a guy like little Jordan Humphrey, and has to make a real tough cut somewhere, perhaps it's Lyon. I just don't think so. I don't think so. I think Lyon's on this team. Here's a text from the 985. Seth, 2000 to 2010, definitely golden decade, LSU football and baseball Saints. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Championships for each during that decade. And no championships in any of those, for any of those teams, programs this decade. So... Uh, you know what? That's just pretty hard to argue. Although, if you look top to bottom and take out championships, I guess that that's what I was looking, but I think that's a good point. But were each of those programs or franchises really competitive throughout like they have been this year? I mean, the, the, the only drop-off were the three years with the Saints outside of that. I mean, they've been very good among the best in the NFL throughout that. That's our, in reference anyways, to our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll online. Which decade is the golden era of Louisiana sports? seems to be right now for me and i'm taking everything from the pros all the way down to the high school level but pretty good argument 2000 to 2010 there from the 985 now i did my wide receiver projections roster projections and you'll notice one big omission if you're a diehard saints fan who's been nerdy and nitty into the rosters you'll say well wait a second isn't deontay harris listed as a wide receiver yeah he is but he's not going to play wide receiver if he makes this roster. Let's go to returner because I think that Deontay Harris right now is the clear front runner to win that return job. Marcus Sherrill's perhaps, perhaps, I don't think it's, I probably would lean that this isn't going to happen, but perhaps they keep both of those guys because Sherrill's maybe provides just a little bit of something in the defensive secondary and also that veteran presence return punts pretty well. But Deontay Harris has flashed stuff in both of the preseason games. As a young rookie who would be snatched up by a roster, if you try to get him on your practice squad, I would think that's somebody, when you have four years of possible team control with these guys, that you probably want to hold on to rather than an expensive veteran relative to Harris's uh, rookie salary and contract 
like Marcus Sherrills. This all goes into it. This is the ugly side of football, NFL football, that we, we try to talk about a little bit. In an uncapped league, and he didn't have any roster limits. Right? Of course, in a college football program, Marcus Sherrills and, and Deontay Harris would both be on this team. Probably not going to happen when you have 53 roster spots. But that's why I didn't include Harris on as a wide receiver as part of the five or six wide receivers I see the Saints keeping because yes he's technically listed there but other than you know a play or two and I really I, you know a play or two in a game maybe he's just going to be returning kicks and punts if he makes this team that one right now is actually pretty easy to handicap for me let's go back to offense offensive line I have no idea what they're going to do here now it's my job to kind of project this but Steve Court had a great stat. We were talking on fans' first take on Sunday. Last year, the Saints cut five offensive linemen that started for other NFL teams last season. Not played. Five offensive linemen that were cut by the Saints last year, they started at least one game, some a lot more than that, for other NFL teams. They're going to have that what is a good problem to have, again, when it comes to cut-down time. A guy like Will Clapp. There's just not a spot on this roster for Will Clapp. And LSU diehards aren't going to like to hear that. But that's the truth. Where is Will Clapp going to play? Likely, almost assuredly, they're not cutting Nick Easton because of the contract they gave him and the guarantee it wouldn't really make sense to cut him this season, perhaps next season. He's your, right now, backup center to Eric McCoy. So you have Easton who can play guard and center. You also have Cameron Tom. A little banged up, but Cameron Tom also is the Vicinio the Calamete of the 2019 Saints, a guy who can play inside and in a real pinch, possibly can shift outside, at least on the right side. Then you're looking for a tackle. You're looking for a guy to be your primary backup tackle unless you just want to carry all interior linemen and you know hope and pray that, that Armstead and Ramchek stay healthy, or you could swing Andres Pete on the outside. That'd be Michael Ola, probably the best offensive lineman outside, the tackle offensive lineman on the edge that this team has right now. He's a veteran. Other than that, you're looking at mostly interior guys. That, that means a guy like Marshall Newhouse had a very good NFL career, probably reached the end of that career. Can't see him with the young depth on this offensive line sticking around. Perhaps a guy like uh, Patrick Omama, also a veteran in the NFL, probably not going to make this roster. Another good problem to have for the Saints. But they're not going to keep nine offensive linemen. They usually keep seven or eight. Activate seven, keep eight. One's usually inactive on game days. Are you going to keep three backup interior offensive linemen? No, that's why you're gonna, you, you really need, you really want a guy like, I don't know, Michael Ola or a Derek Kelly who's a rookie, but he hasn't shown a lot. It's probably Ola, if he's healthy, he's a little banged up after this last week, that's going to make this roster. In fact, I think this is surprisingly, and I said, you know, the more that I talk about this on the air, I went and I have a note here that says, really, I wrote it down, my projection, I said, really hard in an asterisk, hard to project, hardest actually to project, I wrote it down. The more I talk about this on the air, the more that I'm thinking perhaps it's not that hard to project as long as everybody's healthy. It's, I would think it's going to be Ola, it's going to be Tom, and it's going to be Easton. 
they're not keeping nine offensive linemen. That hasn't happened to the Sean Payton era. Tough, tough cutdowns coming at that position. We're talking Saints cut down halfway through the preseason. Good time to reevaluate who we think is going to make the final 53-man roster. Seth Dunlap here on the last lap. Here's a text from the 504. Seth Zachline was uh, signed by the Saints in August of 2017, cut September 2nd, 2017, re-signed October 3rd, 2017. Yeah, that was a couple of seasons ago. Now he's that guy for the Saints. I don't think they're going to risk losing him. And the reason that he was re-signed that day, and I remember I was, I was doing the show when it happened, is because no, he wasn't on another NFL roster. Now that he has those skins on the wall here for the Saints, if the Saints were going to try to release him and do what they did in 2017 and pick him back up, he's not going to be available. There's too many teams that still use a fullback in a big way that'll look at Zach Line and say, man, that's experience and a player that I want on my offense. Team like uh, Baltimore, team like Seattle. Dallas usually doesn't use a fullback, but maybe they want one on their roster, right? Maybe they need more in the backfield with Ezekiel Elliott continuing his holdout. Text from the 504 at 870-870. NFLPA needs to push for a 60-man roster as one of several conditions for raising the regular season game total to 18. No doubt that that will be part of the discussions, raising the roster limit if that 18-game schedule happens. I have a sneaking suspicion. I don't have any inside info on this. This is just me having watched these negotiations over the last two and a half, three decades with the NFL and their their PA three is probably pushing. I'm not that old, but let's say they you know two two and a half decades. This is a negotiation ploy by the NFL. They're throwing this trial balloon out there and getting everybody to look at it, pointing in the sky, saying 18 game schedule. That seems kind of cool. What's the balloon that the players' association is going to release? How are they going to counter this? I would think that the owners and Commissioner Goodell, pretty smart and savvy, knowing that an 18-game schedule is going to be almost a non-starter for the Players Association, regardless of how many preseason games that they cut out. There's just too many hurdles in there. Injury concerns, wear and tear on the body. Are you going to pay these players more? What's the roster limit going to be? This is probably something they're going to look for. Okay, we don't get the 18-game schedule, NFLPA. Uh, What are you going to give us in return? Meet us in the middle somewhere. Maybe that is a uh, raising of the roster limits just in general. Maybe they go 60 or 53 without any 45-man game day restrictions. Text from the 504, just started listening. What was your top four receivers? Heard the part about a back end. Well, the top four receivers are easy. The top three especially easy. It's Michael Thomas, it's Traquan Smith, it's Ted Ginn, not necessarily in that order. And then you have Keith Kirkwood. Keith Kirkwood is a lock to make this roster, assuming that he is healthy for the regular season he was just too good last year in, in in spots and he's got that familiarity with the offense remember he's still got three years of team control with Keith Kirkwood they're not going to let him go we'll take a break your calls at 504-260-1870 love to hear from you plus Amy just makes her last lap debut next text from the 985 Seth how about an 18 game schedule with two bye weeks well this is a an interesting trivia question that I've actually won a couple of trivia contests on before or stumped people on. The NFL actually had two bye weeks one season in the 1990s. I believe it was 1992. It was a one-year trial balloon. They had an 18-week schedule with two bye weeks. I would actually like to see them go back to something like that. 
give that the players, these teams, an extra week off, just move the season up a little bit, start the last week of August instead of the last week of September. Maybe that's something that will happen in the new CBA. I'm certainly I'm sure it will be part of the negotiations here. Talking Saints football, roster projections, and a lot more. And let's bring on in Amy Just, as promised, Saints beat writer for The Advocate. She's on Twitter, at Amy underscore Just. Amy, what's going on? Glad to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, you know. I We've been ships in the night for a while, but finally working. Yeah, exactly, the schedules and, and that kind of stuff. And, and I, I have to say, anybody who doesn't know, Amy has the strongest hat game out at Saints camp. I think everybody's going back and forth on this on Twitter right now. Amy, how would you describe the hat that you're wearing out there? Well, Christian doesn't like it. Jeff Duncan doesn't like it. Teron Armstead likes it. So, like, that's good enough for me. Um, so, I don't <laughs> like putting – I know this is bad, and any dermatologist that's listening is going to cringe when I say this, but I don't like putting sunscreen on my face because uh, I sweat and then it gets in my eyes and then I can't see and then if I can't see then what am I doing so I like having a really big hat on so it protects my face and I can still see yeah um, so that's the reasoning behind it I'm not trying to look like a 0.2 version of Gail uh, <laughs> that's not my intention but uh, people have compared the hat look to her and I mean I'm not gonna I'm not going to complain. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I mean, you're getting compared to her. In the bank account, anyways, that'd be pretty uh, pretty nice. Uh, by the way, Christian's... I'm in the wrong business for that. <laughs> true, true. You and me both, Amy. Uh, by the way, Christian's just jealous. You know that, right? Like, he thinks he has the strong hat game. You got it. You got it. I mean, he has a strong hat game. It's just not stronger than mine. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Good way to put it. Uh, we've been talking today, first half hour of the show, about roster battles kind of halfway through camp projecting. And certainly everybody goes right to the wide receiver position, which intrigues the heck out of me. Have you handicapped this race yet? Who you think might be on and off that roster when the final 53 cutdowns come? Man, it's going to be tough. Like, this, it's a tough spot. Because, I mean, what, last year they kept six? I covered LSU last year, mm -hmm. so I don't remember off the top of my head, but Man, there's some good-looking dudes in there. And obviously, you know who's going to be at the top. Everybody knows who's, who's going to be at the top. It's going to be, you know, that second, third, you know, string guy. I'm, you know, I don't want to say biased, but, I mean, everybody just loves watching Emmanuel Butler, and I'd be shocked if he doesn't make the team. But after him, you don't really know. Austin Carr's been around for a couple years. He had that huge touchdown catch last week you know, a preseason touchdown, sure, whatever. But it looked great, and Austin himself jokes that he was like the fifth read on that. So, <laughs> right. Why, how uh, could he not catch that? Now, if he wouldn't have caught that, Amy, then we'd all be talking this week about, oh, Austin Carr probably cost himself a roster spot or something like that. <laughs> you know, everybody reacts differently, uh, but it didn't hurt. It, it didn't hurt, let me say that. And then I really like Deontay Harris. I don't know if they're going to, like, put him in as, like, a specialist or leave him, you know, counting as a receiver roster spot. But especially with Marcus Sherrill's, you know, having some undisclosed injury, you know, that's left him out for the past two preseason games and every practice in between. That, that doesn't look good for the vet there. But who knows? I don't know. I'm, we'll find out. You know, everybody, uh, 
eats a little crow once uh, once roster cuts come out. Yes, no, sure. no doubt about it. It's interesting you mentioned Harrison. You, you described him as a specialist because I went through my, my wide receiver cuts and I did not list him as a wide receiver because of just what you talked about. I don't think he's going to play wide receiver if he's on this team. He'll be the returning, but it does seem like he's almost a lock to win that job now, Amy. It sounded like you kind of agree with me there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to win a battle that you're not you know, competing in, right? Yeah. Like, if you're hurt, like, sure, maybe they can, you know, keep him on the on the roster spot on the IR, but it's hard to win a spot that you can't play for. Yeah, it's a good point. No, it's a, you're not out there. How in the heck are you going to win it, right? Um, cornerback on the opposite side is also very interesting once you get past really the top two guys on the outside, Eli Apple. And, of course, Marshawn Lattimore. We know Patrick Robinson's involved in this. Ken Crawley, P.J. Williams, even you know Marcus Sherrills, although he hasn't been there like we just said. What do you think about the defensive back position, the cornerback spot, Amy? That's another tough one. These are – roster cuts are hard every year, especially now that you can't – well, you could chop down early, but teams don't. So you go straight from 90 to 53 – Man, I don't know. Uh, oh, it's so good. Obviously, you've got, you know, guys coming back from injury. Guys, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore was talking last week about how year three is going to be a big year for him. Obviously, he's not getting cut. But, you know, that's what you want to see from him. God, it's tough. It's so tough because all those guys are veteran dudes. It's not like you've got any rookies that we're talking about here. They're all guys who've been at least in three training camps before. Yeah, it's true. And then, you know, you throw in a guy like Justin Hardy who's going to make this team because of a special teams play. Makes it probably even harder to make those cut downs. I am envy, or not envious, I should say. I'm not envious about Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis's job, maybe, to make those cut downs. It would be, look, you give me that paycheck, I'll take it, that they're making. But, man, that is not something from a human perspective that I would enjoy doing at all. No, it's, football's a business. It's cliche, but it is, and I I wouldn't want to make those decisions. I uh, I just I wouldn't. Yeah, no doubt. We're talking to Amy Just Saint Beat writer for the Advocate here on the Last Lap, and getting away from roster projections. Defensively, the pass rush has been kind of an eyesore the first two preseason games, and even when I and I, I wrote down here that it's laughable, and even when I say it out loud, when I say looks bad in the first two preseason games, that is a little laughable because nobody's really going to remember that. But are you concerned at all, Amy, about the lack of consistent pass rush we've seen the first two games, even with guys like Marcus Davenport getting a lot of time in there? Not really. I mean, because Cam Jordan's not in there. He hasn't played. So, you know, that's, I'm not worried about it. Now, if it looks like this week two, week three, then it can be cause for concern. It's the preseason. I don't like to put the, too much stock into preseason or, you know, anything like that just because you're not playing everybody. You're playing a lot more different combinations than you would during the regular season. So, Wait, wait to be wait for the panic panic later <laughs> yeah I got the, the red panic button has glass over it here in our studio right now so i haven't opened that up yet amy um, well don't hit it because you're just gonna hurt yourself <laughs> it's just not not gonna be pretty for anybody panicking yeah. over the preseason unless it's an injury to like a major starter like we saw over in that i almost said san diego but i caught myself with the chargers um, that would be cause for panic, but we're not there yet. And, you know, knock on wood, I don't. That's the worst part about this industry, man. Yeah. It's, it's just, 
It is. It, it, even I, and I am somebody that does it on my show a lot. I try to to downplay the hype and kind of bring everybody back to reality, including myself a lot. I check myself a lot on the show, but Amy, even I wonder if it's this way for you. Even I find myself when we're talking about this stuff every single day and covering it for hours on end each day, even I find myself kind of getting caught up in the hype and, you know, a little bit of panic sometimes. Yeah, I, I can get caught up in the hype, but I try not to panic with air quotes, you know, whatever happens happens. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, it is what it is. Wow, two cliches in one sentence. I'm so proud of myself <laughs> right now. Hey, have you have you gotten caught up in the in the Taysom Hill hype over the last couple of days? Because that is a wildfire that got lit with that second half. He's fun to watch, man. I mean, he can do pretty much everything. I mean, people were posting some memes on Twitter about him today, and he even like retweeted it. Alex Anzalone retweeted one too. That was pretty funny. But hey, if he's fun to watch, he's fun to watch. I'd rather watch fun football than boring football. So, sure, I'll, there you I'll go. buy into it. There you go. So, we heard it from Amy just first. Uh, Taysom Hill, <laughs> the heir apparent to Drew Brees, she said it here on our show Okay, first. okay. Now we're getting ahead of ourselves. But <laughs> <laughs> Amy just, at Amy underscore just on Twitter, her inaugural debut on The Last Lab. Amy, it was a pleasure talking to you. I'll see you at a camp tomorrow. Pleasure. Pleasure talking to you, too. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks so much. There she goes. Covers the Saints for The Advocate. Every single day you can find her work at theadvocate.com and also nola.com. We'll get back to your phone calls in just a second. We're talking Saints roster battles. Of course, what we've seen in the preseason. What are you looking for in Game 3 on Saturday up in New York against the Jets? Well, actually, New Jersey against the Jets. Our phone number is 504-260-1870. That's 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. We'll be right back. It's the last lap on WWL. Bonehead of the day coming up in about 10 minutes. A new segment we're going to do every show, first hour of the show. But first, back to your phone calls in a sec. First, uh, before that, let's get to some texts at 870-870. Here's one from the 985 projecting the wide receiver battle. The 985 says Thomas Ginn, Smith, Butler, Grayson, and Harris. Not sure about that sixth spot because Harris is just a return specialist. Kirkwood, Carr, Cobbs, and Little Jordan will battle for that sixth spot if they keep that many. I don't think, in my mind, and look, this is just projections. I don't know if Cyril Grayson Jr. has done enough in the games or at practice to warrant a roster spot over Keith Kirkwood and or over Little Jordan Humphrey, for that matter, and Austin Carr. But we have been very surprised before by the cutdowns on the Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis era, so perhaps you will be right. A text from the 504 from John on the West Bank, how about an 18-game regular season and have all players dressed on game day instead of uh, 47? And it's 45, but yeah, I, I get it. I, I, it just got to happen, the next CBA. I was pausing to think about that. I don't know if there's any way that they keep that disparity between the active roster and the game day roster. I, I should say the active roster and your 53-man roster in this next CBA when it expires in a couple of years. I just don't think that's possible. Let's get to the phone lines. Philip in uh, Natchez. What's up, Philip? Hey, Matt. Uh, uh, said, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Philip? All right. Said, I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction that uh, Deontay Harris is going to make the squad. I don't know the extent of Marcus Shmurel's injury, but he's either going to go on IR or get cut. 
I uh, I saw one play. I haven't had a chance to go back and watch the, the game again. But in, in the second half, down toward the goal, they had Harris running, I guess, from the slot where he was running the jet sweep. Mm-hmm. Where they, they didn't get to him, but they faked it. I don't know if you saw that. I did, and, and, and I did. You remember that, that, that once in a while, I believe they'd have Tommy Lee Lewis do that, at least early in his career. I could, I think you'd want to say that, Philip. Right. You remember that? Right. Now, so they're, they're working him in, you know, offense formation and just based on what he, he's doing on special teams. So, But I, I'm going to predict he's going to make the squad, and Sherelle is either going to get cut or go on IR. That's yeah, my prediction. I think that's a good prediction, Philip, and here's what's going to happen with Marcus Sherrill's is they're going to wait for him to get healthy like they did with Cameron Meredith so they don't have to waive him with an injury designation or cut him with an injury designation, cost them more money that way. Once he's healthy, gets back on the practice a day or two, look, mark it down, then you'll see Marcus Sherrill's cut, I would think. Now, maybe that happens later in camp, a couple of weeks later, just to give him a shot, and maybe Harris, they want to see more from him in a game situation, but I do think that's coming also. 504-260-1870, text lines 870-870. When we come back... We will unveil our bonehead of the day, and trust me, this guy has earned it today. We'll do that next. It's the last lap on WWL. First hour of the show every week, and really every day, forget week, every day, we're going to do something a little new, and I think we're going to have a little fun with this. This is, you remember, this is all in fun, okay? This is all in fun. I'm not taking any personal shots at anybody with this, but each day I want to name our last lap, bonehead of the day in the sports world in fact logan uh you have an appropriate sound effect for this little bonehead of the day G- give me a little bonehead of the day sound effect if you can <laughs> can we do that again please that's fantastic <laughs> that's awesome i love that we're gonna put that we're actually gonna hopefully we have like a sounder in production for this in a little bit so i don't know shoot me that in an email and we'll We'll try to get it in the uh, the final cut when we do this. But our bonehead of the day today, look, I don't think it's – there's two main candidates for this. The easy one would be to go to Helmet Gate in Oakland and give it to Antonio Brown. We talked about him so much that we want to give it to somebody new today. And it's going to be Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns quarterback. If you missed it, GQ unveiled a new article, or at least some quotes from that article, that they had with Baker Mayfield. In that column and in that article – Baker Mayfield takes some serious shots at Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. Jones, former Duke quarterback, rookie, was selected with the number six overall pick by the New York Giants. A lot of disdain up there in New York. Wasn't expecting that. And Baker Mayfield said, quote, blows my mind that they drafted Jones. Some people overthink it. That's where people go wrong. They forget you've got to win. And he goes on to say, quote, either you have a history of winning and being that guy for your team or you don't. Jones admittedly finished 17 and 19 as a starter at Duke, but Baker Mayfield six and seven last year with the Cleveland Browns. Not sure how much winning that's doing. Jones took time to respond to Baker Mayfield today. Here's Jones. Look, Baker going to be Baker. Get it. I like my athletes, to be honest, raw and real, but you rarely see shots inside the fraternity like that by any athlete, especially a starting quarterback in the NFL. Giants coach Pat Shermer, he says, well, they're not focused on Mayfield and the Browns. Yeah, I can't get away from Cleveland up there in New York. Saints training camp and NFL training camp sound and interviews brought to you by the Sound Banking of First American Bank, a banking tradition since 1910. And those 
Beitzer, courtesy of Westwood One. We're going to go live on Facebook right now, WWLAM-FM Facebook page, and we'll talk a little wide receiver roster projections and cut down. Next hour, Scott Alexander plus... We go inside NFL training camp to Jacksonville and Tennessee, but Facebook Live right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.